Yo, what's going on, everybody? Manny Garavito once again going live on his official studio. As a matter of fact, let me switch on over to uh, Yes is Nice. I didn't have Wi Fi, so I decided to do a. Uh, I didn't have any Wi Fi earlier, so I decided to do an official podcast outside of my house because I'm dedicated. Thank you all for tuning in for the second take. Oh, you guys are so kind. How are you, Elizabeth, uh, Shady, Ophir, P, J. Lopez, Alcella, and uh, EKM. What's up, George? Joe Metcalf. Hey, we're back at it again. Look at us, huh? Just when you thought Manny wasn't going to go live this week. Bam! Right on your hump day, live on your Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, all right, so I finished watching Cocaine Cowboys. Did you guys see it? I finished watching it last night. I went on a binge on the first three episodes, and then I, uh, I, I then had to take two extra days to watch the fifth and sixth episode. And I got to admit, it's a good fucking story. I, 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 can't, I can't lie. Billy Corbin, you did a fantastic job. It's a good story. It's well-documented. It gets into the nitty-gritty of it all. But six episodes in to capture two drug lords in Miami that apparently had so much money that they couldn't actually get arrested in, you know, in 20-plus in, in years, man. How the hell? How good of a drug lord? 20-plus years? Is that a record? No, you know what? Uh, it probably it probably didn't even need its own docuseries. You know what it needed? You know who else should cover this story of the Cocaine Cowboys? Unsolved Mysteries to figure out how the hell these people have gotten away with this for so long. These guys have been pushing it since the 70s, and we captured them late 90s, maybe early 2000s. Wow. That's a round of applause. Elizabeth says, so good, paying off jurors, not just jurors, man, paying off lawyers, jurors, witnesses, penitentiary guards, just shelling out the money. Bam, 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 bam. Here's a little for you, a little for you. They were like Oprah. (laughs) And you get 20 grand and you get 20 grand. Everybody gets 20 grand. And then they're scot-free. And everybody in their umbrella is scot-free. And uh, you know what? One person didn't get enough credit because one person got caught early and they didn't, they didn't rat him out. They, he did 20 years with children. He was like, look, man, I'm just going to do a hard 20. I'm not going to rat on anybody. It's like, highlight that guy. I forget his name. But it was a guy, I think on the fourth or fifth episode, he was like, oh, you love, uh, you, you love the, you know, the, the muchachos more than you love your family. 20 years. He's like, all right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do a hard 20. He's like, dude, you're going to go to jail for 20 years because you don't want to rat him out? <laughs> Bro, even, even the main guy's uh, wife ratted him out. What does that say about the why do so much loyalty when they wouldn't do the same for, I don't know. I would probably never get involved in that kind of stuff, man, because every drug lord eventually gets caught in these documentaries or movies, right? Isn't that how it works? You know how I see it? I see uh, being a narco like gambling. 
if you play poker or blackjack long enough, uh, you know, the house is going to win, right? Isn't that how it works? Usually when you watch a movie like Blow, Scarface, uh, you watch a documentary like Cocaine Cowboys, if, if you keep going, eventually the feds are going to catch up. Isn't that how, if you do it in America, right? At least. If you do it in another country, all right, you know, you, you deal with that government. But if you do it in America, eventually the feds are going to catch up. And I don't know, I'm just, I'm just so impressed that six episodes in, when I was watching it late at night, how it took so long for these, uh, these guys to get arrested. I was like, wow, this is awesome. These guys did a fantastic job. <laughs> you know, they didn't have a main source of income. People were just like, how are you spending $300,000 a night? I don't know, man. I don't know how you're doing it. Uh, yeah, that's why I came up with the meme last night about, like, somebody actually did get caught uh, in Florida with a bag that says, a uh, bag full of drugs, and there was a routine traffic stop. Get this. There's a rut- routine traffic stop, and it's right there on the passenger seat or something. And then the, they bring in the canine because they're suspicious that that thing reads in, in bold letters, bag full of drugs, the canine starts barking. They go into the bag, and lo and behold, it's full of drugs. That's with my kind of stupidity <laughs> in this kind of industry. I feel like that would happen to me too. I would get cocky. I would try to find a way to uh, be funny in what I do. And then, bam, I get caught. What's up, Love Evie? J, J, J O F. My Uber life. Is that an Uber driver tuning in just now? Um, so I, I enjoyed it. Well done, Billy Corbin. I actually liked it very much. It was well made. Uh, the story was compelling. All the people that were involved were compelling. But you know who actually, you know who I believe stole the show? The, uh, the lawyer, the bald lawyer. If you guys haven't watched it yet, make sure you guys uh, tune in. I'm not going to give out too much of the story. But get this, man. One of the lawyers that were defending the, the muchachos, they, uh, he, he did this move where... Uh, evidently he, he got all the names of the people that were witnesses and published it on the, on some sort of magazine that people that are inmates read. Holy shit. Not only that, all, most of the witnesses that were listed on there got clapped by assassins. And then this lawyer looked directly in the camera and goes, I don't got to explain any reason or purpose as to why I release those names. That is for my own personal information and investigation of, of a lawyer in the case. And I'm like, this guy is cold-blooded. I forget the lawyer's name. But if you look at this guy and the way he talks and the way he carries himself and the words he uses, this guy really knows. This guy really knows what he's talking about, man. Like, if I ever get arrested... And if I ever got to go to jail, like if I have a guy that, you know what somebody said in the documentary, they said uh, the muchachos didn't look like drug dealers to me, but all the lawyers that were defending them looked more like, like gangsters than the actual defendants. (laughs) The lawyers were more thugged out according to this witness. And there's some truth to that, man. Some of these lawyers carry themselves in such a way that they're, they're just so smart 
the way they use their words, the way they connect themselves to, you know, the judges and the jury and the way they do their operation. It's just, it's a crime syndicate, <laughs> a well-oiled crime syndicate, man. I'm telling you, man, I've been in some situations where I would hire a lawyer. I'll tell you what, I actually remember one time I hired a lawyer uh, for a, a traffic ticket. And I was young. I was like 22 or some shit. I hired some guy to, for my traffic ticket because I got pulled over by some crooked cop that wanted to give me a ticket for no reason. I was like, I wasn't speeding. This guy's just bored. All right. So I'm like, all right, let me go take this to this lawyer guy. This lawyer guy shows up, you know, and he's got the baggy outfit, you know, the baggy. It doesn't really fit him well. So I'm like, what does the meme say? If your lawyer shows up to court looking like this, you go into jail. So I'm like, damn, I'm going to go to jail over a traffic ticket. Look how this guy's dressed, man. This guy looked like he didn't even try. But get this, when I walk in, so I saw him outside of the court while I was waiting. He's like, hey, Mr. Garavito, hey, how are you? I'm your attorney uh, today for the, uh, the traffic citation. I'm like, all right, cool. And so when I walk inside, he disappeared after he said hello to me. And then I walk inside the courtroom, and this guy is, like, leaned up against the, 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 the table where the judge is at, like, like, posted up. One leg in the back, just chilling, just. And then let me tell you, he's talking to the lawyer like that. Like, imagine a really high, like, table or whatever you call it, podium, right? Yeah, he's got Caso Cerrado suit on. <laughs> this guy is up, this guy is up in a, the judge is up in some podium, and this guy's just posted up like this, looking up at him like he's Romeo and Juliet, just, right? Talking to the judge, and the judge is there just smiling, looking at him, like, yeah, baby, Right. Like they're, they're powwowing and shit. So I walk in and I'm the first one up. It's like, all right, Mr. Garavito, uh, this says here you have a citation for a speeding in the Palmetto. And then my lawyer just stands up and he's like, all right, your honor, uh, this citation was filed four months after the incident. And we want to know why it took so long for this to be filed uh, with such slow demeanor. I don't know. I don't know. Lawyer talk. Uh, the, the police officer filed this with such a slow demeanor that I was wasting my client's time. My client probably thought he wasn't going to file it at all. Right. And then the lawyer goes, is the police officer here? No. All right. Case dismissed. And then the, the, my attorney just looks at me and goes. And I walk out, <laughs> dude, I walk out like I fucking won the biggest case of my life. Like, like, like I, I felt like I was OJ. Just <laughs> it was just going down the stairs, my sunglasses on. I wish there was an Uber black back in the day. I fucking would have hopped in one of those. And be like, Mr. Gavino, Mr. Gavino, what have you got to say for beating your, your traffic ticket? I just... I just want to thank God and all heaven up above for looking down and shining on me and letting me off this bullshit case. <laughs> That's how it feels like to win, to, to win a, 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 a traffic ticket. <laughs> all right. Case is missed. We are the champions. All right. Let's get down to the reads, everybody. This show is sponsored by LU Venus, who is a health insurance agent and a subject matter expert. In the world of health insurance, so use him as a resource. If you have questions, he has answers. 
The people he helps the most are those who do not have health insurance because they find it to be unaffordable and those who do have health insurance and are complaining about how much it costs. He can help anyone, anywhere with anything regarding their health insurance. So call him today, 305-335-3944. Or you can email him, eliu.vinas at ushadvisors.com. Thank you, Elu. All right. So now on the second half of the show, I want to talk to you guys about what is going on with uh, Miami comedy. If you're up north in Miami, Little River area, you know where Churchill's is at? The, uh, the show we have up there is at Focal Brewery. And it's like this comedy club hidden in the back, you know, like where they're cooking all the stuff. Speaking of, speaking of drugs, uh, you know, in the back where they're brewing all the alcohol for the beers, that's where we do the shows. It's air conditioned, it's spacious, there's plenty of seats and there's a stage and there's funny comedians. All right, delicious beers. Go out and enjoy yourself if you're out in North Miami. However, if you're in South Miami, we've got a show over at Calle Ocho. And in Calle Ocho, now, you, I don't know about you guys, but I thought everybody was down to do Spanish stuff. Spanish-speaking stuff, uh, panco lechon, colada, pastelitos, all that stuff, right? Maybe some Spaniard music with some guitar and flamenco dances, right? Maybe. However, we have an all-English comedy show stand-up style during ladies night hold on it's official ladies and gentlemen casa tiki on wednesday starting from eight to nine we have open bar for the ladies that's right if you show up early ladies you get a drink on us no you get open bar on us various drinks on us so start early you show up at 759 and drink as much as you can for that whole hour because once the comedy show gets started you're going to be nice and lubed up. Wait a second. That's not the right way to say it. Not lubed up, Manny. Come on. You're going to be nice and ready <laughs> for a comedy show that we have ready for you uh, on that stage. And if you haven't been there, it's a lounge with wonderful seating, couch seating, a big stage and a spotlight right in the middle. It's a very entertaining show. So don't miss out on Casa Tiki Comedy Night happening Wednesdays from Nine. Well, if you want to get to the ladies uh, open bar, it's eight reception slash open bar. And then 9 p.m. is showtime. All right. There you go, everybody. That is today's episode of the Miami Comedy Podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, go to MiamiComedy.com slash podcast. Subscribe, support. We're going to be doing this a lot more often. Uh, As soon as some time starts clearing up, I can't wait to uh, get to daily, maybe even a new time slot. I want to do a morning show. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I'll see you guys on the next episode. Bye.